Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Beneath the Beat Podcast. Today we are talking with Caleb Elzinga. He's an accomplished saxophonist from Grand Rapids, Michigan. He plays with groups such as Blushing Monk, Groove Ground Music, Cosmic Knot, The Soul Syndicate, The Blue Water Kings, and Joe Hurtler and the Rainbow Seekers. You can check him out on Nathan Walton's new album, which will be coming out very soon, so be on the lookout for that. Without any further ado, Caleb Elzinga. What is up, Caleb? Thanks for coming on the show today, man. Dude, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of yours. Like I'm, I follow oh, you on dude. social media. I see your, all your stuff that you're posting up. It's like it's amazing. So, thanks, first man. off, thank you for blessing the world with all of your beautiful music. Beautiful. Music. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I just th- thanks. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, That's, man. Well, because at least in at least in the world of social media when when you go for it or you're just like all right i'm trying to make some sort of presence or some sort of waves it's just like it's nice to know that it works for somebody mm-hmm. like hands down so sweet sweet yeah. all the hard work go, does something yeah dude and it is it is a lot of hard work you know like a lot of people i feel like consume music from a entertainment base only where they're like i'm gonna listen to this 30 second video and just be entertained <laughs> and i'm gonna keep scrolling and they don't realize all of the work that goes into that you know oh yeah oh yeah the, the thing that we enjoy about it so much is how diverse everything is like every video is like a little different a little unique but then you also have like some consistencies along the way too like when you're just sitting in front of your computer and like playing to like yeah. whatever tra- like transcribing whatever track yeah tra- oh, co- yeah transcription for sure i love right. i love all those how do you go about the process of transcribing what what i'd in a perfect world what i want to do is transcribe something i've been listening to for months right um and i've at least with Bob Reynolds, because I could, that's the most recent, um, I listen to him almost every day. You know, if it's, I'm, I'm driving down, down to work, I'm driving to a gig or whatever, just home. I put a, uh, finally got my bed today and I got my platform. So I built my platform today and I was listening to Bob just because that's who I listen to. But anyway, in a perfect world, it would be great to listen, be listening to all the music and all of his solos for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Or a couple of weeks at least, just so I can like sing it, um, you know, whatever it is, and right. it just starts coming out while you're listening to it. If I'm if I start like putting that on saxophone after I've sang it and learned the rhythms and kind of understood some of the lines, like mm-hmm. the the process is very quick. Ah, it's very okay. quick. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. super uh, interesting. Be, well, and and I think part of that is. Oh, I mean, so I went to Michigan State, and a, a large part of the saxophone curriculum with Diego is transcription. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a transcription a week or once, like one every two weeks mm-hmm. for, you know, the whole semester, the whole year. Mm-hmm. And then playing with in as many bands as I have, it's also about how fast can you, like if I'm playing with a horn section, the trumpet player leans over to me, he says, hey, during the chorus, we're going to play da, da, do, da, 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 go, go or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't have time to think about, oh yeah, that's, you know, hey, come back, come back. Like, are you playing an A there? Um, mm-hmm. And is that an eighth note on B1? Like, there's no time. We're on the gig, you know? I'm laughing hard because it reminds me of a friend of mine who does that. Oh, that, that does that? <laughs> Anyways, continue. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if you have to do that, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you do what you got to do to play the gig. But in, in that, in that regard, I've, been in so many situations where I realize I don't have that time. So if, if he's going to sing me this rhythm, this lick, I have to hear it in my head before I hit the horn. Yeah. And so that when like, here comes the chorus, right. And I have to, I have to play that line as if we wrote it months ago. Yeah. So it's, it's being on the gig learning how to hear and transcribe rhythm and melody really quick. Then you couple that with listening to the solo you want to transcribe for weeks or months. And you just, you just do that, your, that process in your head while you're driving, while you're putting a bed together, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So now I've got a saxophone in my hand. Like I can already kind of sing this. I already kind of know like this, this line just kind of goes up and I know what key we're in. And then it just, it falls into place really well. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, I did a, the fight or flight um, mm-hmm. 
transcription. Bob Reynolds, it's off of his Hindsight album. Mm-hmm. I learned I learned that in about a half hour because <laughs> because I had been listening to it since it came out like two years yeah. ago. I mean, still and, for me though, that's so that's like that's so amazing though, man. It's like that that really shows like your level of musicianship, you know, like being able to just listen to it. Well, you've been listening to it for a long time, but then being able to just play it. And know? right, and and I think if you speak to any musician, like the goal is to create like Andy for for yourself, you don't want to be thinking about your, your paradiddles and your double stroke rolls. You just want the music, whatever it is inside of you, just to boom, 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 come out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? So it's when you practice in sort of that, like towards that sort of mastery, then yeah, it's whatever in your head. I've been filling my head with Bob Reynolds, this Mm -hmm. solo, like this lick is boom. It's just going to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's one thing also that is really undervalued to people who are learning music is they don't realize the importance of listening before you play. You know, it's, it's like, that's, that's everything. Cause if you don't have like, like a concrete idea of what you want everything to sound like before you grab the instrument, then you're just grabbing the instrument and banging it around. You know what I mean? Like you, it's such an important thing. And, it, and if there's one message that, I know for me as a musician that I could get across to any of my students or anything. It's listen, 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 mm-hmm, listen. Mm-hmm. Cause that that'll feed you through whatever you want to learn. If you listen first, you can sing it first. That's everything, you know? Yep. So exactly. speaking, you say that. speaking of transcriptions, this is one of my favorites, dude. Okay. So I'm going to share the screen now. Yeah, Here we go. I never got my mic to work. So <laughs> <laughs> about a vibe man talk about a vibe (laughs) caleb i thought you encapsulated that so well man oh my god like i hear that again beautiful i hear that again and i'm just like that's Mm -hmm. everything that i want to come out of me naturally yeah Yeah. you know well it's like now you have that in your tool belt too that's what transcription is like it's just adding to your tool like your your list of your tools you know what you want to use mm-hmm. for what part and like what you're talking yeah. about too it's like you, that gives you the versatility so if i want to go play with a neo soul group it's like that's this is the vibe i'm going for i'm going to use these kind right. of examples and that makes you way exactly. more way more versatile way more um marketable too you know yeah i think that that's one thing too with uh with transcribing it's like you always have to remember like what you actually take from that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like when I say you got to remember it, I mean like in the gig, you know, it's really easy in gigs to like, like get really hype and start just like playing and playing notes and then not have the emotion. And then real talk, it's like, it's like, you got to slow your mind down and yep. be able to pull from that same kind of stuff. So yeah. Good Especially stuff, like man. on an, on the gig environment, you're often when you're going for hype or house or whatever you want to call it, you're going to play the licks that you already know that do the job. Yeah. So like what you're saying is like, we know, Hey, we, we've seen you before. We know you can play those licks. What else you got? Okay. Let me slow down. Let me reach into like what I've been working on. That's, that's when, that's when you make some really cool moments on a bandstand that Mm -hmm. one, you weren't expecting Two, Mm -hmm. your band wasn't expecting. And when you, when you surprise your band, the whole level goes up. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Only imagine all of the stuff that happens in paddle bots yeah. <laughs> because you guys are already so funky. Mm-hmm. And then if you, Andy, if you throw down like some crazy fill that nobody was expecting, or Haruki does just or yeah, whatever, yeah, like yeah, like the whole band goes up. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, it's just and like it's set like, and you, the energy just gets raised up. And then you're everybody just starts playing a little bit better and then a little bit better. And then you get done with that gig. You're like, man, that was, 
that was the gig. And it's yeah, it, like and Caleb, what you're saying, it just sparks from like one person just surprising the hell out yep. of everybody. Man. Well, and the cool thing about that is I think it's like, it's not always like volume that is like, congruent with energy you know what i mean oh, like yeah. sometimes yeah sometimes yeah, yeah. yeah i know yeah, yeah. andy sometimes there's like there's times when we're playing and the groove is like like a lot of times we play there and it's huge and then you just bring it like way down and get mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like with like yeah. rim knocks and you're just like and everybody's just like Whoa, <laughs> let's go like well, the and, ears all the ears just went like this yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and that goes dude caleb that's like goes exactly what you're saying man it's just like like harnessing that volume, like bringing the volume down that like brings like all of a sudden people go from like, you know, they're like this to like, you know, leaning forward, like leaning, oh, leaning sh forward. Oh, shit. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about your social media game because okay. you are incredibly on, on the social media game. Like, yeah, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. First off, how do you go about like, gaining the confidence to actually post all this stuff on social media. Cause I know for a lot of people, a lot of people <laughs> that I talk to, they are just so deathly afraid of posting stuff on social media for fear of, I don't know, the mass hordes coming out and saying that they suck or they're bad, or they just don't feel comfortable enough yet at their instrument, you know? Yeah. Um, He's like, okay, I'm just really I... good. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I, I don't want to come off. I don't want to say that. Well, well, I do. Uh, have, I do have a thought. I do have mm -hmm. a thought on that, um, and it ties into the point. My my actual answer. The thought is, I'm I'm comfortable in my musicianship. I'm comfortable on the saxophone to a point where, if some if somebody does have something to say to me negative, you know, one, can they back it up? And I'm not I'm not I'm not saying this to to antagonize anybody, but sure, you know where. Uh, if it's just a troll, it's just a troll and mm -hmm. grow thick skin because the world is going to be that way. Mm -hmm. But I know based on my own experience and how I feel I'm accepted in the community of, in the sense that I know how to play the saxophone and that alone, that confidence of, should I post this? Should I not post this? I've, I feel comfortable when I post saxophone stuff that it is good. Mm -hmm. That being said, I'm also one of the people that take 50 takes of either the mm. video or the audio because I also realize like the, the horde, I know mm -hmm. the horde is out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it's on, it's on Instagram somewhere. I posted this. I took a picture of my camera roll mm -hmm. after I did, after I did a thing and you know, the, the phone's this big or whatever. And you've got, the same you see this you, you've all had this it's the same it's the same you right the same shirt and it's like 50 of them yeah and i, mm -hmm. I screenshot it i screenshotted that and i posted that because at the time like this is i think this is this is pre-covid this mm -hmm. is like january february whatever but it was it's winter time everybody's depressed everybody's just like i can't do this i'm not making it and i wanted to be part of part of the social media game is one, one, it's a game, yes. But mm -hmm. people want to people want to communicate and connect with people. We don't want to yep. connect with, a, uh, you know, not people. Right. So it was in that thing where one, it was look, this is I know I know I post this level of content and I will continue to do that kind of a thing. But also, if this is something you struggle with, like I do, you're not alone. This, you know, so and I, so many people talk about this. Social media is the highlight reel of your creativity, of your career, of your of the band you're in or of the thing you're working on. Mm -hmm. So let me show you not just the highlights, but let me show you the whole four all four quarters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I posted that, and it was just like it, it had a nice response. Um, and 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 the cool thing was like it got other people talking about how they were also struggling with it and now we can have this conversation about like okay beyond beyond the digital beyond the post like there's feelings and emotions behind all these things let me support you as you try to do your thing you're going to support me as I, I try to do my thing and that mm -hmm. that right there if you're if you don't have the full confidence that's going to give you a boost of confidence when somebody's going to be real with you mm -hmm. so there's yeah. there's part one if you if you are young 
and you don't feel confident, post it anyway. Because mm-hmm. there are people there, including me, that still struggle, but I'm, I, I make it look like I don't. Mm-hmm. We all yeah. do. I, yeah. I can't edit video to save my life, and yet I spend hours trying. You know? Right. Um, yeah. But the the my my second point in there, if you guys you guys know who Gary V is, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, oh of course. Oh I know who yeah, Gary yeah. Is, yeah. He's a loud he's, dude. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a very loud dude. Yeah. I I follow him on social media, not necessarily like for me. It's gotten to a point where when I see his face, I know I've screwed up because mm-hmm. he is he is a constant reminder of if if you don't do it, somebody else will do it and mm-hmm. to that point is already doing it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stop yep. mm-hmm. stop thinking about other people stop mm-hmm. trying to be like other people if you have something to say say it if you have so, if you've got work to do do your work or mm-hmm. in, in the words of gary v do your fucking work yeah um, yeah yeah so i follow him on social media because he posts all the time and i see his face every time i scroll it's like you know, somebody, tw- somebody, I'm, so I'm 27. There mm-hmm. are 16 year olds that can play a hell of a lot more saxophone than I can. Sure. Mm-hmm. I can't go back in time and change that. Yeah. But what I can do is post right. and continue to practice saxophone. So it's, it's, it's scary, but do it. You're never going to be ready. So mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. You're never going to be perfect. So do it. Yeah. People want to see the struggle. So show them. Mm-hmm. It's all, all, all these things. Yeah. Um, at least that, as far as like the mentality, like how to force yourself to do it. That's, that's step one. And then there's always like, okay, now you got to look at numbers and consistency and what people want and blah, blah, blah. That's, that's after you've come to terms with your own confidence and your own, like, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Let me share this with people. Yeah, dude. And I think, I think that's such an important thing for not only musicians, but really anybody in any walk of life trying to pursue something that they love. Cause it's so easy. You know, I know so many, and again, I run in the creative space. So like, I know so many like graphic artists that are like, like are amazing graphic artists. I am not, I can't draw. I can't paint. I can't do (laughs) charcoal. I'm not, I'm not that person but they're so afraid to put stuff out there or try and sell something because they don't think that they're good enough. And it's like, wait a second. Okay. Why don't you think that you're good enough? Are you comparing yourself to like Van Gogh or something? And I think that comparison to other people is like more often than not, it's really damaging, you know? And there's, there's some comparisons that are good. Like if you're comparing yourself to like, I don't know where you want to be in 10 years and you're like, I'm not there yet. So I'm going to go work. But it's like, if you're comparing yourself, I know, like for me it's like sean jones if i try and compare myself to sean jones i'm like dude i'm nothing but also sean jones he taught he taught me a really important lesson he said uh when it comes to improvisation that's something that in my personal playing i've always struggled with um he said it's not so important where you start but that you start and i'm like Boom, man. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's like, you could take that lesson to anything that you want to do. You just need exactly. to start doing it. You're only going to get better by doing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, for me, like I had the same struggle too. It's like just putting stuff up. Like, is this going to be good enough? And then Zach, I think it's you. You're the one that was like, told, told me it was like, done is perfect. Just yeah, done. man. Done I mean, is perfect. Yeah. Done it's is- not- it done is perfect. Just get it done and do right. and just right. put that, it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> dude. Uh, let me let me show you this. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Let, yeah this show the people. The show the people. Let's show the people. Okay. Here, this is these are the, my logic sessions that I'm working on. Yeah. I just I need to know that they're happening. This is a song. I'm writing a song. Or me and my buddy Nuri are trying to do like a pop song. Nuri, too. I know Nuri. Yeah, yeah we know Nuri. Nuri. He's like he's in the other room right now. <laughs> oh, dude! <laughs> I just moved in with him uh, on in in June, so cool, we've been man. having a good time. That's cool. This this little blurb, uh, Bob Reynolds uh, mm-hmm. plays on mm-hmm. the Aberdeen. Aberdeen, the band is the band. The song is Upholds All. I got a. I don't know how I found it or who I found it from, uh, but I heard it. Or is it like, yeah, Bob Reynolds was on this and I went and checked it out. Instantly. Yeah. But I had to like remember. I've there's a guitarist from Argentina. Argentina mm-hmm. that I have to do a collab with. And I'm excited for it. I just haven't gotten to it. So it's 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 here. This used to say Nate 
horn charts. I just recorded, I just wrote and recorded 10 original horn charts for uh, Nate Walton. Yeah. Um, we wanted to talk his, about that his, a little bit too. Yeah. His new band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was on my list. I needed to write 10 charts. Um, this, so I started TikTok. These are some uh, yep. TikTok songs that people wanted me to, to, to play. The TikTok so, game, right, dude. The TikTok game. So they're there. Um, these are books I just bought. I got Democracy in Black, White Rage, Death of a King. Um, and I didn't buy that one. But in all of the, the social, um, I, I think I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. What do I have here? Death, oh, I got, uh, yeah. Oh, so I got these two. Yeah, but anyway, with, with obviously everything that's going on in the world, I want to be smarter. I want to be better and more educated. So I bought some books, and those are the ones that my uh, my buddy Kirby Fellis, trombone player, uh, he was a roommate of mine in school. He's like, these are the ones you need to get to start, and then we'll talk. So mm-hmm. I got to read those. I like that it's color-coded, too. Yeah. It's color-coded, yeah. <laughs> the, the books are green. <laughs> the books are green for – uh, trees? trees for trees yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. There, there's the correlation um this is my finale project list mm-hmm. uh this is almost done it's Stuart Davis for the masses my director uh, asked me for a clean score so i took all three um movement one two three i have to put i put in every note mm-hmm. by hand i just got to do all the formatting and that'll be done uh transcription and then bwk like horn charts mm-hmm. this little blurb over here was a late night thought of mm-hmm. make a band and stop thinking mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. because I was, I got, I was at a point like a month ago uh, and I was, Oh wow. Okay. And I was talking to my buddy, Evan. I know I'm, I just totally distracted us. <clears throat> oh, that's no, good. good. That is some gold, man. I it's right. Write things down. So mm-hmm. I overthink everything mm-hmm. I overthink and, and exactly what we were talking about social media. I, I overthink it. I overthink, overthink the fact that that solo wasn't one. So I'm going to do another 75 takes. Mm-hmm. The first one was probably fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it was fine. Yeah. But I overthink everything to a, a horrible degree. So I put up here, one, make a band because if I have issues, then it's my fault. And two, just stop thinking about it and do it. So yeah. Dude, that's those are all my, my notes to myself. I know for me, I did not come up with the done is perfect thing. I heard that somewhere in the marketing space, but that I've like adopted that mantra for my whole life because I find that board. when I start doing <laughs> stuff, <laughs> my mind, like my mind holds me back. And this is something yep. um, a while back I started a marketing company and nice. Yeah. So that's like my full-time job now. And my mind gets in the way of that a whole lot you know when it comes especially like me coming from a background in music i'm the thing that i'm used to selling is like my playing you know what i mean it's like i'm used to if i've gotta go and play for somebody then sure my playing i'll I'll let that speak but when it actually comes to saying all right i'm gonna provide you this marketing service give me some money that's that's a whole different thing and i've had to adopt that mantra like done is perfect just to say like no, you're going to go to meetings. You're going to, you're going to talk to other people. You're going to try and, and make this work because if you stop and you think about it too much, it's never going to get done. So right. yeah, yeah, just done is perfect. Yeah. Um, that's super, uh, you know, that's like, that's something I just not didn't ever really think about. You know, I'd write in my little notes and stuff like that, or like put reminders in, but like when you're in the heat of the, I, cause I, it's like you're in the heat of the moment and you like all of a sudden this thought like comes to your head. Like, and that happens a lot, like right here at my desk. And it's like, just write yes, down exactly. Right quick. Yeah. Just like, just yeah. vomit on, vomit on there and then decipher and, it later. I mean, and my, yeah, my, my shit's everywhere. Like mm-hmm. it, there's, there's color coding, but right. it's everywhere. Um, yeah. I, I've always wanted to be somebody that like jots, like, care, like, you know, pocket t-shirt carries around a little notebook and a pen and you just flip open I've never been one of those guys. So then I tried to be like, let, I've got a note section in my phone. Let me right. put them. Never happens. Right. It just doesn't happen. So mm-hmm. I needed to create a spot that says, mm-hmm. that's just, I, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to mm-hmm. work to put down an idea, you know, mm-hmm. cause that's the thing. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to work. I don't want to do it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, I think that's everyone in life though. Everyone in life, there's always some things that should not be hard that we, for some reason, just don't do. If you can find a way to make it easier, 
you know, eliminate those barriers, then you're golden, you know? Right. So let me just erase my own barrier and my own excuses and like, all right, it's here. I have to look at it every day that I come and work at my desk. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not tucked in my phone and it's not tucked in a little notepad. It is. So Nuri's, Nuri's desk is right here. And so not only am I accountable because I see it every day. He sees it every day. Right. Now he yeah. makes, now he's like, dude, when are we writing our next pop song? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh or, man. Or, I mean, any, anything, when are you going to make a new band? Well, mm-hmm. we actually started that because it's on the board. You know, right. It's, yeah. dude, accountability is everything. Well, and you also, you also think about like, there's so many amazing, amazing musicians. And you think about how many of them have never thought about or haven't found their process yet of like, you know, all right, these are the things I need to do. And these, this is how I'm going to get them done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That they're kind of just sitting there. And you think about that. It's like, man, we're, we are missing out on a lot of music strictly because of that alone. Like they haven't found like what they haven't prioritized what they need to do. They just haven't made it happen yet. You know what I mean? That type of thing. So that's, that stuff is like gold. That's like exactly what we want. Like our listeners to hear is like, you know, your process of how you come up with an idea and then, then from there, how you bring it to, to make, to come to fruition. So if I can speak on that just a sec uh, and, is is if you hang out with me for any any period of time everything always goes back to bob reynolds so, <laughs> just know that bobby um, reynolds bob reynolds my dude yeah um so years ago he he has a vlog on on youtube i love his vlog dude i i they're amazing so you probably yeah. know this he he often uh refers the book a war of art by stephen pressfield okay the um I, he told, uh, he said it on a vlog, I think two or three years ago now. Wow. And (laughs) the the time flies. I read Mm -hmm. it before I started grad school, which is Mm -hmm. how I have the timing. But, um, he's like, if, if you struggle to like wake up and practice, wake up and write, wake up and eat, wake up and whatever it is, read this book because the book is talking. If I can sum it all up, Stephen Pressfield, uh, has, has, codified or named the the thing inside of you the voice inside your head that that, that can wait till tomorrow or uh, i'm not you know i don't really have anything to say on this topic let me just leave it for somebody else that i he calls it resistance so when you wake up and you're fighting yourself to be productive mm-hmm. it's resistance and and he's saying if you can if you can see it if you can name it and it now is a thing you can speak towards it uh, so now that we know now that we know we have this thing this voice and now it has a name called resistance now we can work at we can work towards getting around it yeah. it's you you can't you can't walk around an invisible boulder you know you're yeah. you're only going to you're going to run into it and then you're going to just continue to run into it cuz you can't see that it's there mm-hmm. when you yeah. when you color it in when you give it a name it's like damn that's a boulder let me go around it yeah. it's, it's so the book talks about that it, it's in three parts uh like identification how the pros deal with it how you can deal with it mm-hmm. um so in terms of if you have an idea and you're struggling to put either whether it's content or you want to write a book or you want to start a cooking show read this book try try to just incorporate some of these ideas into into your own thing um, what's, the, what's the book called again a War of Art. A War of Art. Uh, yeah. By Stephen Pressfield. Put that on Amazon. Oh, and, my Amazon wish list right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is, and it's a quick read. It's not yeah. very long. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. It's it's to the point. It gives you examples. It shows you examples of how other people do it. Um, yeah. He gives a lot of his own like personal struggles because he's a writer. Um, it's awesome. And part of like the reason that I gravitate towards Bob then in the way that he reaches and looks for information that can help him do that is he's also a perfectionist and struggles to put out music struggles to put out anything i'm and i'm not i'm not just saying this as an outsider like this is these are his words like he will sit on a project for a year two years three years because he doesn't think it's good enough and then it's not until he sets a date in the calendar that says i am releasing this project on march 20th that's when he's able to get all the pieces in in order to make that 
release happen. If there's no date in the book, it just gets moved back and moved back and moved back. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, if you're looking for like, like Andy, you, you know, you know, the, the vlog, mm -hmm. if, if you need insight in how to be, how to manage your time, check out Bob Reynolds, check out yeah. his vlog. Mm -hmm. because he has a family. He's got two kids. Yeah. He plays with snarky puppy. He's got his own project that he has like 12 recorded albums for. He's everywhere. He mm -hmm. does everything. How mm -hmm. does he do all of that? It's time management and just getting the over, getting over the idea that everything has to be perfect. So that's, that's one of the things that stood out for me. Like, cause I watched one of his vlogs. I happened to like just stumble on it. Um, and then that instantly stuck out for me. It's like, that was one of the first things he talks about. It's like how he just kind of manages all of his time. You see like, it like on his desk, he's got like a bunch of like just sticky notes everywhere and all yeah, that stuff. It's yeah. like, but like he talks about it and then, and then, so then I'm like, okay, cool. And I like click on another video. It's like, okay, this is how I approach going to this gig or this is, a, he just like the life of a working musician and that dude works. At that level. Yeah. You know, yeah. at that level. Yeah. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you play with, um, who did he, uh, Larry Golding? Was it Larry Golding? Hmm. A keyboard player. He just did an album with, I believe that's his name. He was on tour with him while like writing an album with snarky puppy, mm -hmm. um, while planning a, a, a European tour for his band, yeah. like all in the, mm -hmm. all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He plays with Jay Jennings like, too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now, yeah, right. Cause he's got so many of those videos where the, the band comes over for, for rehearsal. Yeah. How do you fit all of that in a day and yeah. not explode? <laughs> How do you not explode? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, time management is key. And one thing that I've realized with, with time management for me personally is that like nobody can tell you how to make it work. You know what I mean? It's all about like learning different ways, different tips and tricks from different people and meshing it into one way for you. Like I know for me, one thing that I do is so I have my trusty notebook. Shout out nice. to my girlfriend, Taylor. She got this for me, which is a <laughs> beautiful, beautiful notebook. Yeah. But yeah, so Taylor. this, I uh, I make my like to-do list every day, but then I also have a Google Doc that I put my top three priorities for the day. Mm -hmm. nice. So I make them the night before and those are like, these are things that non-negotiable, no matter what, these are the first yep. things that you have to do. Like, that's it, mm -hmm. you know? So, and that's, those are like a mix of different things that, you know, people have told me to do along the way. I've tried so many different things, but that's, you know, you got to find something that works for you. Right. Hey, exactly. to kind of, to kind of go off of this topic too, it's like, I recently figured out a method that actually works for me too. It's like, uh, I do use my phone. But I do like, so I use the reminders app. Yeah. And then, you know, for, for a long time, I'd be like, okay, so I'm just going to like put it in categories of like, okay, things I need to do for paddle bots, things I need to do for, you know, lessons, things I need to do for the school I work at, things I need to do for blah, blah, blah. Um, and that just like wasn't working for me. So like I recently was like, okay, things that I can do real quickly, like things I can get done within like five minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. And then things, I, and then my next category is like things I can get done in an hour. And then the next category is things that are going to take me a little bit more time. So I can wake up That's... and get like two things done like that. And then like, mm -hmm. and then from there, it's like, okay, now I'm going to do one thing that might take me an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. And then from there, then I work on like the, like the, then I work on my project for a little bit and I do that well, every also... day. Also in the, in the, in the way lists work is once you do one, once you do two, it spirals. Yeah. So, Andy, mm -hmm. if you can set up like this takes me five minutes, mm -hmm. check, yeah. check. I got two done. All you want to do the rest of the day is check things off. Check things yeah. off, man. Yep. You that's know. all you want to do. Yeah. That's, that's huge. That's, a, yeah. that's really great. And I think that's super important like, as a working musician, like, you know, trying to create a living for yourself um, is like just, having a way to just prioritize everything and just get them done, get them done. Mm -hmm. And then do the, like after that, then the hard work pays off, man. Then you can just focus, yeah. on, focus on doing your, you, doing what you, you do. Focus on the real... focus, focus on your playing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. That's under my, that's under my, that's under my lifelong journey category. <laughs> <Right>. Lifelong. <laughs> 
practice. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I actually block out a like in my calendar every day. I have my lunchtime blocked out because I find if I don't actually block it out, I will not eat. Like I'll go, <laughs> I'll go literally all day without eating if yep. I don't mm-hmm. actually force myself to do it. I I've got reminders that come up and say, no, dude, go eat. Go eat, eat something. Eat. <laughs> yeah, because like that's something also when I I feel like particularly for me going through music school was something that I, I like ate like crap. And yep. I know that affected everything that I did because the food is the fuel that's going to get you through. That's going to make you productive. And if you don't have enough fuel in your tank, no matter what you do, you're just going to be banging your head against the wall. You know, mm-hmm. Eating is so important. Yep. Yeah. If my mom ever hears this podcast, she's going to be yelling at me because I'm, I'm like you. And yet I'm saying, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hot dogs for breakfast. Oh, well, okay. Fair, fair enough. What's funny is I ate two hot dogs right before this call. Yeah. Uh, Dude, but that's, and that's quick all I and easy, man. That's yeah. all I ate today. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Mom, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mom. <laughs> So be on the lookout for our next podcast, Nutrition as a Musician. <laughs> nutrition as a Musician. Featuring. So, so Caleb. Not Caleb. <laughs> so, <laughs> who, is, who is the anti-Caleb? <laughs> I want to ask you, uh, this project that you were working on with Nate Walton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You said that you, like, you wrote and arranged everything, right? And then you recorded everything? Yeah, so it, he wrote he wrote all the songs. He wrote thirteen songs for this album, mm-hmm. um, and he wanted a four piece horn section for this. And so when he first when he first put it all together, the idea was like I think I think the idea was okay. Here's the songs. Here's our rehearsal dates. Show up when you can. Show up if you can. Um, and then yeah, we'll just go to the studio and make it happen. But in at least in my experience you you go to the studio with four guys and an empty slate you will what first of all you won't get anything done right secondly the thing you do get done probably won't be good because you've got i mean and, and just tensions you've got four guys saying like i want to play the f no you play the f well i need to play the third above and it's, it's too late especially Ooh. when especially when you're in the studio and you're paying for the minute yeah you cannot do that right you cannot yeah, do yeah, that yeah. Yeah, yeah so i called i called nate about a month and a half ago. Um, yeah, about a month and a half ago. And I was like, Hey, so, so just, I just wanted to get an idea for the, for the thing, for the project. Like, is this kind of how you're thinking? And that was, that was about, about the idea. And, and that's when I suggested, what if I take, take the reins as far as the horn section goes and, and write down the parts, like, can I, can I write horn charts for you is basically the question. And he was all for it. Like uh, Nate Walton and I actually went to high school together. Oh, cool. Um, Byron Center graduate 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what's even cooler is my first band, the first band I ever played in outside of high school um, was was a rock band with Nate Walton. We were called the Media Fear. So nice. it's, it's actually really, really cool that, uh, I, you know, three years later 10 years yeah. 10 years later uh, <laughs> three years later but that that we sort of get to get to play music again mm-hmm. and so i knew him i i knew how he sounded i knew i knew the music he was writing and so they they had rehearsals i couldn't make the rehearsals and so mm-hmm. that was another reason like we had to we didn't have a trial and error to get stuff done yeah. so long i'm already making this short story like a mm-hmm. novel but um <laughs> Yeah, so he's like, yeah, go for it. Write some horn charts. And then I, I jumped on Finale, and for a month and a half, I was writing. Um, usually, and, and I, yeah, usually one song would take a day, uh, like three three hours minimum, really, to like, uh, they, they chopped up the rehearsal audio, sent me that, and then I would write based on that audio. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd write it out in Finale. We did a... So the, the horn section was trumpet, alto, tenor, berry, uh, saxophone. Um, Austin Hunt, uh, Jace Fredericks, Mason Velo, Velo, I think it's Velo, and myself. Um, wrote wrote horn, horn charts for it. I, Nate wanted to like 
get a feel for them. So I would record, I would throw up the, the rehearsal audio and logic record, just like the trumpet line through there. Like, Hey, these are kind of the, the rhythms we're playing. And then we'll, we'll hear it all harmed out um, for the session. He's like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Send them. I think um, I had, I haven't really stopped for the last two weeks as far as like gigs, shows, places I needed to be and writing. So the last couple I had to pop out, I think I did five in a week, mm -hmm. um, which turned out great. Everything turned out great, but I like, I should have done more upfront. Anyway, that's the whole time management issue. For sure. Uh, but so, um, yeah, down to the wire, I wasn't able to send Nate like all of the audio takes, but, um, I kind of took the, the advice he had given me the criticism, like, okay, try this, maybe add, add a little build here. I sort of took all that from the first couple and then made sure to incorporate them. I think I sent out the email with the charts Friday night saying like, Hey, here's, here's the charts, everybody see you Sunday at 11. And mm -hmm. we popped out 10, 10 songs in six hours. Um, we, we got the, we got the roughs, I believe the next night, Kevin Kozel or Kazell. I don't, sorry, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> he, he was the engineer for the session. Went great. It was really smooth. The horn charts came like they turned out well. I think I think everything went went really smooth. Um, super cool. So Nate man. Walton, cool thing just to shout out for Nate. Um, he has an EP out, I believe, self titled EP on Spotify. Um, this will be his first full length album, um, and this is coming off of the 2020 American Idol tour. He, oh, cool. I think he placed like top 100. Nate, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Right. Um, but he went, I mean, he, he made it through the, the primaries here in, in Michigan. Mm -hmm. They flew him out to Hollywood. They, they did a tour in one of the sessions in Florida. And he was there for all of it. Like hanging wow. with Katy Perry, hanging with all of the cats. And he was doing really, really well. And Lionel um, Richie, sadly, man. Lionel yeah, Richie. Crazy, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then because of COVID, it didn't air the way that it was supposed to. Yeah. You know, so it's like a huge high for Nate. Like, I'm on American Idol. And on top of that, I'm doing well. I'm mm -hmm. well received. Like, I'm, you know, it's sweet. And then COVID tanked it and everything. But yeah. shout out to Nate for being awesome. Um, congrats on American Idol. Yeah, and, man. Uh, album coming out soon. So for, for anybody who's listening, do you know what platforms, when the album drops, what platforms it's going to drop on? I'm almost, we haven't talked about this. Nate didn't say anything to me, but I'm almost positive it will be on every platform. That's really yeah. cool. So I don't, I don't play in the band as far as the gigs, uh -huh. um, but just did, I, I, I did uh, like a summer ago I was playing, um, but I, that's, that's when I sent, I, I just sent him a couple of names for other saxophone players. Uh -huh. Um so yeah, super excited for him. I was happy to be able to write charts and record. So but. you went to uh, you went to Byron Center, BC baby. Yeah, can can you explain to us a little bit about like a where it is and b <laughs> how was your experience overall? Like, yeah, so for people that don't know, Byron Center is a really has a really elite jazz program. So go ahead. Um, Byron Center is in the middle of a cornfield. Um, about 15 minutes south of Grand Rapids, <laughs> straight up. Actually, when I was in high school, this is so. Yeah, uh, let me let me try to give you the the, the spectrum or of everything. I went. I started high school in 20 or wow, 2008. Mm -hmm. That year, my first year of high school was the foundation, the first year of the jazz program at Byron Center. Oh wow. Um, oh okay. Yeah, um, it's run by Mark Talney who mm -hmm. went to central and then fire up um, chips fire, fire up. up chips oh yeah oh i mean come on had to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i forgot who i was talking to yeah yeah you know <laughs> i was like oh man I, you guys could have shit on me hard for that <laughs> thank you um so yeah he went to central um and then uh, did his, uh, if you guys know where Northview is on the north side of GR, yeah. mm -hmm. yep. he, he actually went to high school at Northview with uh, Max Colley Sr., Max Colley II, then went to uh, uh, CMU. His first teaching gig, I believe, was Godwin. 
taught at Godwin for 13 years here in, in Michigan, Westside, um, and then got the call for Byron Center. So his first, his second year at Byron Center was my freshman year. So the okay. second year was when the jazz program started. And this, if Mark, Mark Townley is, is a brilliant, brilliant human being. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, he has lists on lists of the things he wants to get done today tomorrow in five years he's all about five-year plans 10-year plans like Mm -hmm. let me let me work he is Mm -hmm. he's amazing he's amazing anyway he built the program um i was in it i was in the jazz orchestra my first four years and the biggest thing about byron center that they they talk about and try to instill in in the music students is uh community or, or, or community and um not sacrificing your values um whatever they need may be. So as far as the jazz program, um, the, the reason, at least Mark, Mark ties it into this, the reason it sort of blew up and grew the way that it did was because of the community that he was able to, to build in instilling like, do my students actually listen to jazz? Um, Zach, what you were saying is like, if you, the, the fastest way to grow musically or to have any opinions on music is to listen. That's where we get all of our information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you're trying to take a take high schoolers who have never heard jazz before and make them sound like the Duke Ellington band. Mm-hmm. The only way you're going to be able to do that is get your students not just to listen to Duke Ellington because as any high schooler they're just going to do it as an assignment, you know, turn it in for for a grade. You have to get your students to listen to the music and love the music and appreciate mm-hmm. the music and actually mm-hmm. listen. So it was me, um, my buddy Luke Marlowe, who actually now teaches at Comstock Park. Cool. Uh, yeah. Austin Hunt is a trumpet player. Yeah. He He's... teaches at Plainwell Public Schools. It was, uh, the, and then my buddy Matt Warblow, who lived, he played guitar and trombone for the band. He lives in Ann Arbor at the moment. It was, it was the four of us. Every day after school, we would hang out. Every single, and we we all love video games. We played uh, Modern Warfare Two. Um, Rock on! Like <laughs> uh, like so. Luke Marlowe lived across the street from me, and yeah. it, it was it was a great thing, but also a horrible thing. Every day after school, I'd go to his house. We would play Call of Duty online. Four headshots. We wanted we wanted to get 150 yep. headshots on every gun so that we could get the golden gun camo. Yeah. Ever and we did. Let me tell you this. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And then we prestige and we made the biggest regret of our lives. Going um, back. Man. But that was it. So every day after school, we'd play hours and hours of Call of Duty mm-hmm. and we would listen to jazz music, specifically jazz music. Damn. Big band. Um, mm-hmm. Duke Ellington, Count Basie, at the uh, Buddy Rich. We were really into Buddy Rich and Gordon Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Like heavy, exciting, very amped up music. That turned into like, um, we started listening to jazz music for the solos. Like, mm-hmm. big band, big band is about the energy and like all the excitement of all yeah. the ensemble parts. And that's mm-hmm. a great way to get into it. And then it transitions into like, man, that that solo was really good. That saxophone player was really good. That trombone player was really good. Then we sort of transitioned to like quartet music. We started listening to John Coltrane, uh, Dexter Gordon, mm-hmm. um, Hank Mobley. Um, Freddie Hubbard, all like actually students looking and listening to the music. So, wow, I can't believe I got all the way there. Mm-hmm. But Mark, Mark was able to create that community, that environment inside the Byron Center Public Schools or inside of the jazz program. And then it sort of put the, put the band in our hands, if you will, where our energy about the music made the rest of the band energized, whether or not they were really interested. Mm-hmm. But now we're like, what we were talking about earlier is like, oh, that one person did that cool thing. Now the whole band rises, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember we played uh, Love for Sale. It's a Buddy Rich, uh, he didn't write it, but they, they did an arrangement of it. I learned, I transcribed going all the way back to that too. I, in high school, it was one of my first transcriptions. I transcribed the tenor saxophone solo for this. And we, we go to play it in rehearsal one time and I play the transcription. And the whole band just like, John on the floor, like, you yeah. did what? And now, 
And now it's it's all. I was excited enough about the music, about jazz, where I went and did that. Now I'm surprising the band. Now the whole band is on another level. And then year that's that was the creation of it. Yeah. And year after year after year, it's like, can we keep that going? And there's been really great students that have come through there. And Mark has just done a great job about continuing to feed that fire in them, um, to the point where now three. 2016 and 2017 the byron center band went to the essentially ellington competition in new york top 10 bands in in the u.s um send in recordings uh, of duke music or whichever special guest or artists of the year and the the faculty the jazz lincoln center faculty those musicians listen to them and invite the top 10 to come in last year actually 2019 we made it again um, mm. Byron Center made it, so we were going to go to New York in May, and then COVID nineteen, yeah, we didn't mm -hmm. go. But either way, the fact is, the band didn't just make it there once, didn't make it there twice, has made it there three times because probably of, gonna make it another time too, man. I hope. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. But it, but it starts with. I mean, it started with Mark. Mm -hmm. Mark has had the vision. Mark has had the vision of essentially Ellington, just as as that example. Since since he started Godwin, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he, yeah, I mean, there's there's other details I can say, but well, the gist it, is like he had he had a plan. As a you know, as a teacher too, it's, there's only so much the instructor can do or say, but the second like a student, a part of the ensemble, like takes initiative, mm -hmm. that is infectious. And that's mm -hmm. way more effective than anything that the teacher's going to say. But it's the, the teacher's first initial planting of that seed that is yeah. so important, man. It's so important. Yeah. And that's what, that what's up separates the good teachers from the great teachers, um, yeah. especially I mean, when it comes to music, man. I would, I would definitely say he's, he's up there, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, and I work, I work at the public, I work at Byron Center Public Schools now mm -hmm. as a parapro for the band program. So I That's see cool. him and I, I see him every day and now I'm sitting in his classrooms like in, while he's teaching and I'm not seeing it from a student perspective. I'm now seeing it from, I've been there. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen, I've been in their chair. Now I'm in mm -hmm. this chair watching him and I understand how he's trying to do this. Mm -hmm. The guy's a genius. Mm -hmm. Every rehearsal, he's a genius. And that concludes part one of our interview with Caleb Elzinga. Stay tuned January 7th at 11 a.m. for part two. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you then.